Welcome to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a Monday, March 20th edition of the show. And I don't know, maybe I just lost track of our timer there, but I, did it start early? Did it start like a second or two early? What do you mean? I don't know. I feel like it, it started before the timer had actually hit zero. I mean, my timer freezes every single time because I'm running it. So I don't know. I was stuck at 25 seconds for yeah. the last 25 seconds. So S- something yeah. something happened there. And it's, uh, it, it's fine on the, the main page for everyone. They all see it fine. Even if it freezes on our end. Yeah. That's, anyway, that's what I've learned. If my if my intro came off a bit hurried, blame blame Jake. That's that's always the default. So today's show, I don't know really how much news there is to cover from last week. The biggest item, though, is the Ducks added a player. Well, I should say that they added a player. They signed a player that they already had, and we're also going to do Ducks season awards. So this should be very interesting because I don't really know how you dole out awards on one of the worst teams in NHL history. But I've come up with some awards. I've tried to give them names. Maybe the names themselves will cause some controversy. I've I've made choices to each award to be as controversial as possible. Maybe not for all of them, but I've I've made some choices because I'm anticipating your picks. Okay. So I've I've made some very some might some might argue bizarre contra contra picks. Okay. Um, anyway, let's start with the with the one key news item though, which yep. is that Nikita Nesterenko. Yep. Officially an Anaheim Duck. Signs his ELC. It's a two-year ELC because of his signing age. And he will play for the Ducks this season. He's already he's partaking in practice. Hasn't played yet as of this recording, but it seems like that's that's the plan, that he will, he will suit up. Yeah, and it was actually mentioned on the Ducks broadcast that he was going to be a free agent this summer if the Ducks did not get, uh, get him under contract. And so for those of you kind of wondering why is this different than kind of we had said Pat Verbeek had mentioned that he was going to sign him to an ATO for the rest of the year for the goals and then sign him to an ELC over summer. I mean, good on Nikita Nestoranko. He he wielded the power that he has as a guy that's going to be coming up as a UFA and was able to get the Ducks to sign him to his ELC now, which means that this season counts as a year of his two-year ELC. Um, so for anyone wondering, that means that his uh, ELC will expire in the summer of 2024. So the Ducks have him under contract for this season and next on his ELC. And then he will be not even RFA. Technically he'll be that 10.2 C. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, it's not free agent, but basically he, uh, he can't accept an offer sheet. He has no arbitration rights, uh, all these different things. So, but I mean, good on him for doing that. Good on him for getting the contract. Good on the ducks for doing what they needed to do to get him under contract. And I mean, he seems like an exciting player and I'm excited to just at least see him in a game see what he can do on an NHL ice. And it seems like Dallas Aikens is trying to be a little bit ho-hum about it. This is obviously something that's been forced onto him. Yes. Um, because of the, the, the contract situation and him needing to be able to be signed. And I think that this was a carrot. They probably put in front of him of sign playing in NHL games um, this season. Um, because if he signed his ELC and was sent to the AHL, which they could do also, um, he would be making AHL money. Mm-hmm. instead of NHL money for the rest of the season. And so that's probably a big reason why he's on the NHL uh, on the NHL roster right now. And, I, I mean, he's going to play a game. I, I think I'm pretty confident in saying that, that he's going to get a game at some point here. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see because he's a guy that, I mean, if the Ducks can get someone that can just eventually become an NHLer, right? Yeah. That's a huge win from that Klingberg trade. And that becomes the centerpiece of that deal instead of the, what, fourth-round pick? That they got for him, and, and so whoa, I think it's whoa, really? 
You're not going to bring up Andre Schuster there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, one other thing I did want to mention that's important for anyone wondering on this, and there's probably like one person maybe wondering that's listening to us on this, <laughs> to be fair. Um, <clears throat> once you get past the trade deadline, the 23-man roster limits do not apply anymore. And so for anyone wondering with Nestoranko on the team, uh, are the Ducks going to have to send anyone down to meet the roster limits? That goes out the window once you get past the trade deadline. The biggest thing after the trade deadline is you're only allowed five recalls from your AHL club. Um, so the fact that he signs on the NHL team, um, it doesn't impact the fact that they would need to send someone down to meet the roster limits. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how much he plays when he does, in fact, play. I think the first practice that he was in, he was skating on a line with Lundestrom and Vitrano. Yep. He has not played since. I think the biggest takeaway, though, Jake, from from that signing is that he will wear number 62. Yeah. A, a, a time-honored jersey in Anaheim Ducks history. What? Pat Maroon wore it. Yep. Can you uh, name all the players who have worn uh, who have worn the number 62 for the Ducks? Oh, crap. Pat Maroon's the one that comes into my mind first. Did Chris Wagner wear it? Yes, that's one. Or Sorry, that's two. How many more are there? I'm still pulling it up, so try, try to guess some, a <laughs> okay. few more. Um, hmm. <laughs> there might not be any more for all we know. I, I I can't really think of any more off the top of my head. That's all I've got. Well, I'll I'll pull it up at some point. But yes, there are there. I, I believe there's two more, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sweater number. Here we go. Yeah. Here we let, go. Okay. Let's see. I found the the gold mine. There's four. Okay. Oh my gosh, you missed a glaring one. I did. So he's the fourth in NHL. He's the fourth. Sorry, in Ducks history. So you're only missing one player. I, oh, this uh, is so disrespectful. My brain goes somehow to Troy Terry, but I, he wore 61. Yeah, no, that's wrong. This uh, is this. Is, how, how you've managed to brutally disrespect a current member of the organization twice now on this show. Who, who did I disrespect on this one? I'm not gonna give it away. I I legitimately am drawing a complete blank, and I don't want to look it up because I want to allow you to say it's me. And by the way. The San Jose Sharks have tied the Edmonton or the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers and the San Jose Sharks are tied at three to three. Andre Schuster. Oh, okay. So you're really just going after the the Schuster family. <laughs> going after him twice on the show. He's a he's a great photographer. He is. I don't have a whole lot to say much else about the Nestorenko signing. I think it sucks because there's been three games, I think, since he signed. And we would have had ample opportunity to watch him play and give you guys your thoughts if he had actually played. But Dallas Akins went on about how, you know, it's a lot for him coming from the college game. He's got to get acclimated, blah, 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 blah. And I don't know. I mean, how much more ready will he be after a few NHL practices versus let's say one? It's just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always a bit skeptical of that with, with Akins in particular. Yep. Agreed. And I believe that the other big thing that came out this week, I think it was in a in an article from Eric Stevens. I feel like I haven't said that in a while. And basically about how the plan for Mason McTavish this season was to was to play only on the wing. That that was that that was the approach going in. But because of his quote unquote hard work, because of his dedication to his craft, which basically means you know showing up early, leaving late, that he's he earned. He earned the opportunity to play to play center full time. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, dumb. It's dumb. It's play guys dumb. Play guys in their natural positions. Put them in a spot to thrive. Put them in a spot to succeed. This mentality is just—it's it, not where it's at. Like 
I, I don't understand why. <clears throat> okay, let me rephrase that. I understand why coaches have this view of it, but we don't. We don't talk about defensemen not playing defense. Like we don't talk about defensemen playing wing, do we? Right? Yep. Like yep. how dumb does that sound? Like when you say it like that, and it's like. The reason is because of defensive responsibilities, but that's part of their game. That's the reason why they've played that position and had success. And there is a distinct difference overall at times of playing center and playing wing in terms of how you bring the puck up the ice, where you are at in support. And you're completely making the person change his game at the worst possible time when he's having to adjust to a brand new league. And they may think it's simpler, but it's not because you're not playing what you've always played. You're not in the same positions. We actually saw it very early on with Mason McTavish also that he was on the ice struggling. for con- struggling, continual chances against. And a large portion of that, you could tell that he f- looked a little lost in the defensive zone because he was trying to play up high, then would si- get down low and just really didn't know where he should be. And so it's just a very bad statement, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you know, I feel like I haven't really been as harsh on Aikens this year because I, there's just kind of this understanding that he's likely gone. Yeah. The season has been so bad. You know, how much more piling on can you really do? But man, that quote just brought me back to the days where we were really far more critical of him, you know, far more on top of that. And mm-hmm. man, it just makes so much sense why this... I'm not saying that Aikens is the sole reason that this team has been bad this year, but I feel like he has a pretty large impact on how bad they've been and and that's Mm -hmm. that's an example of it because look how good look how much better mctavish has looked in that spot and yes he's had his ups and downs as a rookie but look how much better he's been you're telling me that that you know that that was something that wasn't there in the beginning or that he had to earn It, it just goes to show that for the last two to three years one of the biggest issues that's plagued this team has been player evaluation well if you spend if you spend your time trying to make guys earn their way to different spots, you're essentially shooting your team in the foot by not actually having guys playing their best positions. If guys have to earn their way instead of just putting them in the spot that actually is the best for them. Like this whole earning your your spot, earning your your location, that lineup, that doesn't actually help your team. Maybe, I mean, you could maybe say maybe that helps McTavish long-term in the sense of he had to fight through this and maybe for anyone that really <laughs> buys into the mental side of it and that type of stuff. But from the perspective of trying to put out a winning product, that is not ideal. Yeah, and and with McTavish, I mean, it's just one of those things where if you kind of read between the lines, his, his, the, all the commentary about his work ethic, he doesn't seem like a guy who needed that extra bit of, oh, I have to go get it. Like, he's just always going to be competitive no matter what the situation is. So, yeah. very strange, but hopefully this is... I mean, this kind of segues into what we're about to do here with the awards, but the Ducks played their 70th game on Sunday yeah. against the Canucks, and that's a big number. <laughs> like, there's 12 games left. Where did been... this season go? Really? I mean, it, it, it's been a dreadful year, and and yep. yet it feels like it, it just completely skipped, skipped by us. So yep. what we're going to do here is we're going to look back. I feel like it's fair to say that with 12 games left, you all these different individual awards are going to give out. They've there's nothing's going to change in the next twelve games. Yeah, yeah. Like 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 the the, the cake is baked already. It, yeah. it, it's already it's already set in stone. So why not why not look back? That way we don't have to look back later. We can move on more quickly to the draft or what have yep. you. Um, look back, assess what happened, and hopefully learn something from all of it. Yeah, so, I agree. 
Should we just go top to bottom here from what I have? Let's do well, it. And, okay. And then we have some topics from uh, Twitter that we'll get to, and then we'll get to all the questions per usual. So the MVP of the season, I call this the Ryan Getzlaff Trophy. Your your thoughts on on this name, first of all? Fair, fair. I I would maybe the only thing that I would maybe Steve do Ruchin? is no do Corey Perry because Corey Perry is actually the only person to win a Hart Trophy. Wow. Okay, that's a huge shot at Ryan Getzlaff's career it, as a captain. Is it? <laughs> he only ever played for for the Ducks. Didn't didn't run from the pressure. So that that's how this episode's gonna go. I see. Okay. 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 Okay, so who is your but, MVP? But you already you do have a Corey Perry trophy in a different spot, so yeah, yeah we can the, leave this as Ryan Getzloff. All the Titans are really accounted for here. Yeah, as you'll see. Okay, okay. So who is your MVP for this season? Uh, it's tough. It's obviously I think between Zegers and Terry, hmm. and I think where I ended up at is that I lean towards Troy Terry. I think if you're looking at overall points, um. Zegris hasn't beat, but on a points per game basis, Troy Terry has more a better points per game ratio. You look at isolated metrics, um, like on Hockey Viz, Troy Terry has Zegris beaten by a little bit, not significant, but a little bit. Um, and even RPM, Gar, things like that. Troy Terry has been the better of the two from that perspective. So I, I think with all of that being said, Trevor Zegris has had an amazing year. I think that Troy Terry, I think especially prior to getting hurt was having like by far the better season between the two of them. And I think Zegers has kind of really taken off since that point a little bit. And Terry has maybe slowed down slightly. So I, I think Troy Terry though is the the MVP of the season. Yeah. To me, he's the clear cut MVP. He's got the best all around impact. He's not going to lead the team in total points probably, but he's played seven less games than Zegers and he's only got five less points. So and I think just the thing with Terry is he just does so much more in, in all three zones. Like, it's no shot at Segris, but Terry is just so involved defensively, so involved in the transition game. Everything really runs through him when he's out mm-hmm. on the ice, yep. and 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 it, and it yields good results. It yields good results both on the score sheet, both in terms of the chances that are being generated. So I just I feel like there's really no other pick here but Troy Terry. Yeah, and, and B. Dolls brings up weird take on my on my part because Terry's been scoring more since he returned. I think that I kind of covered it last week when I talked about that line. It's been a bit unsustainable from that line. So, I mean, credit to him for, for putting the puck in the net. But I think from an impactful perspective, he was uh, he was definitely kind of more impactful early on through the season. But he is still scoring, so that is, is something to definitely be added there. And part yeah. of that is due to a little bit of regression because of him not scoring earlier. Okay, so who is so this is the Paul Correa Award for the best forward. Again, we, we have to analyze the name. Did I get it right with the best forward name? Sure. Okay, I mean that that wasn't a very enthusiastic. I I, I just don't really like yeah that Tamu I like Tamu Solani. You are actually missing Tamu Solani on this list. Yeah, yeah. No 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 reaction. Nothing. Okay. Okay. You don't care about I, this team. That history. that that just that just hit me. Got it. Got it. That just hit me. Not a historian of the, of the franchise. I mean, th- this could be the. I mean, pick pick Getzloff, pick Korea, pick pick uh, pick Tamu. Go for any of them, and it could be this one. Okay. Well, I have to, Paul to Korea. Be, to be completely clear, Felix put this together, not me. Paul Korea, best forward. I feel like it fits. Um, when I think best forward in Ducks history, even though maybe he wasn't the best resume, I just think of Paul Korea for some reason. So. It's okay. not it's not scientific, but it's right. 
So my best forward, or actually, why don't you give your best forward? All right, my best forward, I mean, it's Troy Terry. If he's the MVP, then I think he has to be the best forward. So why would you set a limit for yourself like that? It's your rewards. You don't have to you don't have to play by any rules. You can make up the rules as you go. Because if he's the MVP, then he was the best if the MVP is a forward, then he is also the best forward. So logically, yes, it should be Troy Terry here, but I wanted to give Trevor Zeger some shine because okay. I think he's been very good this season. I think in some respects he's been a little worse this season than he was last year in his overall game. What's very interesting to me with Trevor Zegers is that if you look at the tracking data from Corey Schneider, his defensive zone involvement has cratered this year. Yeah. And last year he was very involved, you know, puck touches, retrievals, zone exits. And I feel like there's been a lot of, not chatter, but observations that, that we've seen out there about how, I mean, Patrick on Twitter, I think it's, what is it, New Era Ducks mm-hmm. at New yeah. Era Ducks? Good follow has pointed out many times how Aikens, ha- with Strom on that line in particular, has Zegers playing this more of a hybrid wing center kind of role, and he's not as involved because he's more waiting for an outlet, pl- outlet pass to then take the play the other way. And so I don't know if I'm looking at these stats as evidence that he's actually been worse defensively because the, the actual on-ice impacts are not really that much different. In some respects, they're better than last year. So this is one of those things where you have to put tracking data into context of it's not just the player's ability, but it's also what they're being asked to do. Um, because I feel like if you ask Trevor Zegers to be that puck hound, he could be that. So, mm-hmm. And he's been very good at setting up his teammates. Like That, to me, the, is the big difference between Zegers and Terry as forwards is that Terry, he's just kind of this jack-of-all-trades, but Zegers is just a savant when it comes to playmaking. So I have Zegers here just to give him a shout-out. Yep, uh, I would agree with that. Okay, best defenseman award. So I have it as a Scott Niedermeyer trophy because his number 27 does hang in the rafters. Uh, deservedly so, might I add. Of course, I could have picked I see, Luke Vervishnovsky. I, I, I see what this podcast is about. Okay. I could have picked Cam Fowler. You know, there's there's different guys I could have picked for this I, trophy. I don't think you can pick guys that are current. Well, now I just see. I was going to say, I don't think you can pick guys that are currently on the team for these awards. But now I see that you've done that for two. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, let's see here. So, Scott Niedermeyer Trophy, who is your best Ducks defenseman this season? Oh, is it Kevin Shattenkirk? I didn't ask you to ask me. <laughs> I asked you to tell the audience. Is, is it Kevin is. Shattenkirk? I, I, I'm I want, waiting I, for a response. I, 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 want some, a question. I want some positive affirmation on this. I kind of think it's Kevin Shattenkirk. Okay. And... and that's okay. not necessarily meant to be a huge, like, boost towards him. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Kevin Shattenkirk's probably been the best uh, the best defenseman for the Ducks. You look at some of the on-ice metrics he's had, he, he's been able to find push play towards the other, other net. Um, I guess you could maybe say that Cam Fowler scored more with 42 points versus uh, Shattenkirk. Yeah, so... I mean, you can make that case for Fowler. Um, well, Shattenkirk's also there. on the second power play unit, yeah. which is which is god awful. And so Fowler's getting those assists on the 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 uh, uh, Mason McTavish one timers. So I don't think Kevin Shattenkirk's been that good, but I think all in all, taking everything into consideration, I would probably take Kevin Shattenkirk over him. You look at things like Gar. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk, I think, has the best Gar of any defenseman on the Ducks, which 
takes in, into consideration production and on ice metrics. And it's kind of a nice little catch all for, for doing these types of, uh, types of situations. And so I, I guess I'll go Kevin Chattenkirk, second best scar on the ducks. One, okay. Third is Scott Harrington, I guess. So I had Kevin Shattenkirk as well because I was expecting you to pick Cam Fowler. Okay. I think that Kevin Shattenkirk has better on-ice numbers, but when you get into the tracking data, I just feel like you can tell who's the better player. Like Cam Fowler does so much more when he's out there. He's still a monster at transition. He's actually still good at denying zone entries against. He's still setting up teammates. He, I mean, to his credit, he's been on the top power play unit and he's made the most of that opportunity for himself. And when you compare that to Kevin Shattenkirk's numbers from, from the tracking perspective, he just doesn't really do anything at five on five. Like I'm still kind of flummoxed at how those, the the numbers that he has there that basically just are some retrievals, a lot of shooting, how that amounts to the strong on ice impact that he's had. And just looking at what the, each guy has been asked to do. I'm, I'm giving it to Cam Fowler because I think he's shouldering a bigger load and maybe the numbers aren't quite as good on the surface level, but I just feel like he's doing more out there for this team. Yep. So, okay. Let's see. Uh, okay. So the next award here, maybe this is another controversial one. Maybe it should have been called the Sammy Paulson award. Yeah. I would say it probably should have Ryan Kessler award, the best two way forward. I named it after the best two-way forward in team history, so it makes sense. Uh, sure, <laughs> I, I like. I don't. I, I feel like you're trying to like drum up this controversy with these names on purpose. Am I? I mean, it feels like it. Why? Why would you think that? Okay, so who's your pick? Um, my can I give it to Brock McGinn? Okay. I mean, it's such a small sample size, but he's been one of the best defensive. Did you forwards. just go to by Gar and just filter? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, one hundred percent. Because I mean, it's very hard when this team has been so garbage defensively. Garbage. Ha! I didn't even think about that one. Goals that's above a, replacement, bitch. That, that's a good one. I I enjoy that one. Um, I mean, that's, I guess that's you could what maybe I think about that stat. By the way, maybe go with like Adam Henrique or something like that. I, I don't know. It's tough. I, I don't think Mason McTavish has necessarily been that great defensively, so I don't know if I would put him there. I've seen some people uh, throw throw his name in there. Um, I, so I guess Brock McKinn? I don't know. So this is now where we enter the vortex with my picks. Okay. Isaac Lundestrom. I mean, that's valid, Isaac- val- valid, valid <laughs> person to pick. Is it, though? I mean, his on-ice impacts are really bad. I mean, um, I would have probably gone Troy Terry. If I had to pick like a full-time roster player, his on-ice impacts are still pretty bad, but no stats here, just vibes. Like Isaac Lindstrom is the definition of what I think people think of when they think a two-way forward, which means a guy who doesn't really get much offense, but he still remains a guy who's really good at breaking the puck out of his zone. Like it's crazy how that skill has actually really kind of held strong over the years, despite all these different environments that he's been in. He's generating some more shots as well off the rush this year. So I'm giving it to number 21, the most underrated you uh, young think, center in the league. Do you think that under a new coach, Lundstrom could actually become a very, very valuable player? Well, I think maybe not to that degree, but I think he has skills. He has yeah. something that he brings to the table. And I mean, that's a coach's job is to still leverage that. So yep, I would go with yes. Yep. Uh, okay. Wow. We're, we're rolling through these. This is great. Uh, 
So yes, this is by, one. By the way, I want I want to give a shout out. I just noticed this uh, Rhett flow in our YouTube chat saying uh, Drysdale has the best D because he was scored on the least. Yeah, yeah. What was he though? Do we know that for sure? I mean, I, I probably Austin Strand maybe was scored on less. Yeah. Uh, okay. This is a the most. No, Andre impre- Schuster. Andre Schuster scored on less. Well, he hasn't played yet. Exactly. That doesn't count. You have to actually play. Uh, are you um, sure? Debatable. Most improved player. I call this the Troy Terry Award because to me that Troy Terry's season last year is the embodiment of most improved. Yeah. I mean, I like. I would love to hear a counter argument that a solid counter argument, but I think that Troy Terry is the rags to riches could, story in this franchise's history. Could we go with the uh, Andrew Cogliano award? Yeah. Cogliano when leaving and if we're trying to have did a, Troy a historical Terry, did, player. Did, did Andrew, did Andre, did uh, Andrew Cogliano become an <laughs> all-star though? Did he become an all-star? That's though? fair. That's fair. I mean, Troy Terry's like rise is like healthy scratch to all-star. Like, yeah, that's a wide, wide gap. I so. feel like I'm going to piss people off with this. <sighs> Who are you going to pick? I'm picking Kevin Shattenkirk. <laughs> wow. You know, this is, this is for all the old guys out there. I just think Kevin Shattenkirk, if we had to like go through like season by season thinking about how bad he was last year and then thinking about how he actually hasn't been as horrible this year, that's an improvement. That's fair. That is very fair. His numbers this year have been startling. And again, I'm still confused why. I really like want to dig deeper because like there's just nothing in those tracking numbers that make me think oh that's why his yeah. numbers are so good. I mean so. to be beat, to beat all's point he's been good before. I took this simply as from last season to this season. So most improved. I didn't take it as like like actually taking the Troy Terry concept of someone who was like lower te- like lower in the lineup and made this like massive breakout breakout season. Yeah. So my most improved is also going to upset some people I think. Uh-oh. Max Contois. <laughs> So if you look at if you look at Max Caldwell's defensive numbers from the tracking perspective, he's actually become a very well, in, involved player defensively. Here's one thing I want to give Max Caldwell credit for: mm-hmm. he's been thrown all across this lineup. Yeah, he's been jerked around. Has been really put in bad situations all throughout the season. He's been tugged around, yeah. And, and when he was put in good situations, he actually played really well. He played really, really well. Yeah. And did not get to stay in those spots. Those spots were given to other players, and he was not able to stay there. And he should have. And so I, I think yeah. he deserves a lot of credit. I, I'm with you on this. Well, what so do you here, make- here's the thing that I want to point out is that he was well below NHL average in almost every defensive zone tracked category. And this season, he's well above average in terms of retrievals per 60, defensive zone puck touches per 60, retrievals leading to exits. Exits per 60, exits with possession. Like, it's actually crazy how good he's been. Now, part of me kind of wonders, though, is this just because he's been in the defensive zone so much? <laughs> Fair. But, but he probably was a lot in the defensive zone last yeah. year, too. So I think that this is exactly what people and the coaching staff have been wanting to see of him. And, and it, you know, of course, this isn't like the best data in terms of the completeness, but it's something. It's something he hasn't shown before. So we have two names that were thrown out in our Twitch chat. Uh, that I want to bring up and get your take on. I'm just uh-huh. gonna throw it, throw it to you, Max Jones. Well, Max Jones didn't play last year. Yeah. So and, and also, Mason Mason McTavish also brought up Mason McTavish didn't play last year. So yeah. it's kind of like, what? 
what are we comparing him to? His OHL self? I mean, I guess he's yeah. a better player now, but yeah, that's not that. Also, like Max Jones, has he been that good this year? I know oh, he's we'll had a get, good we'll, couple weeks. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay, so how are we doing on time? Should we do a break here? Yeah, we should do a quick break break to have a word from our sponsors. And so I think it's agreed that there's really no better way to watch hockey than going to games live and in person. That's where 714 Tickets comes in. 714 Tickets is a locally owned ticket company in Anaheim that never changes uh, or that never charges you taxes or service fees, unlike StubHub or Ticketmaster. They're located right in front of Honda Center, but also have a website, 714tickets.com, where you can earn up to 5% or earn 5% back in rewards on every online purchase. So to recap, you get to see your favorite team play, especially down the stretch, as we talked about last last week, right? There's still games to go to, still fun to be had. When we hit summer, you're going to miss it. So go to games while you can. You can pay no fees and earn rewards back for future purchases. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. So shop your Ducks tickets at 714tickets.com or stop by their office for a more personal feel and check them out and use promo code CTP to get 10% off your purchase. And then this episode is also brought to you by Green Chef. So Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company, and they make eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preference. Um, They have expanded their menu, and you can now choose from 30-plus recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan, you can fill up with Protein Packed, uh, their newest collection of recipes for a uh, high-protein dietary preference. From uh, Choose from three weekly menus, each including 40 proteins, uh, grams of protein per serving on average. You can expect a, expect a variety of satisfying and flavorful recipes like Greek chicken salad with mint olive uh, tapenade enchiladas, spiced turkey bowls, and almond-crusted barramudi. Um, they also have options for every lifestyle and they're the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. They have options for every lifestyle, whether you're keto, vegan, vegetarian, fat, we want fast and fit Mediterranean, uh, or you're gluten free. And as the only keto meal kit, green chef makes sticking to a carb conscious lifestyle easy. And also, I mean, we're all in the state. You want to shake off winter and, and you can do it with delicious, easy to follow recipes that support your healthy lifestyle and taste good too. You can bring more flavor to your table this spring with Green Chef's wholesome elevated recipes featuring seasonal organic produce and unique farm fresh ingredients. You can make time for exciting new goals uh, this spring with their convenient and nutritious recipes. Try their Fast and Fit fit recipes, uh, uh, which are under 750 calories and ready in less than 25 minutes. Plus, you can cut down on meal prep with with pre-proportioned and prepped ingredients, including pre-measured sauces, spices, and dressings. And for anyone out there that uh, wants a sustainable meal kit, um, that's what Green Chef is here for. They're, they feature premium proteins. Uh, they're the only meal kit that is both carbon and plastic offset, and they offset 100% of their carbon footprint as well as 100% of plastic in every box. And, and their seafood meets the Monterey Bay Aquarium uh, seafood watch rankings of certified best choice or good alternative. Um, and so they reduce your food waste by about 38% versus grocery shopping. And Green Chef's great. I mean, they've been kind enough to send us these boxes. It's been so good that we've gone out of our way, me and my wife, to, to order a bunch on top of that. It's just such an easy way. The meals are always delicious. I, I think I had a fajita, what was it, a turkey fajita um, quesadilla the other week that was just so, so good. Um, so everything from there is always delicious. 
The meals are really easy to follow. I'm able to make them and do them pretty quickly and make them well. And I've screwed up plenty of recipes throughout my time. So definitely go check them out. So you can go to greenchef.com slash CTP60 and use the code CTP60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Once again, that's greenchef.com slash CTP60 and use code CTP60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Okay, so let's get back Ooh, to I need to catch our, my breath. Our awards here. Here we go. So the, I think this is the most aptly named uh, award. That yeah, I came th- up th- with. this this one's there's oh, there's no, no debate sorry. here. Sorry, sorry. I thought we were talking about the next one. The next one might be my favorite. But this one is the most aptly named, and that I don't think there's any debate. So this is the Corey Perry Trophy for best pest, best antagonist, the best shit stirrer whatever you want to call it, the best troll. There's no one else I can think of in the history of this franchise that should have their name on this trophy besides, or should be named, should have this trophy named after them than Corey Perry. Yep. Agreed. Okay. There's no debate about this one. Okay, good, 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 good. I like when we agree on things. So who is your pick for this? I'm Uh, dying to know. Frank Vetrano. 100% it's Frank Vetrano. Okay. Uh, okay, Frank Frank Vetrano. If you want, if you look up shit disturber for this team, that is Frank Vetrano. He has gone okay. gone into scrums. He has gone out of his way to just be that type of pest. And and there have been plenty of occasions for. Can this. you be the Can you be the best pest if you have less penalty minutes than Kevin Shattenkirk, Max Jones, Simon Benoit, Ryan Strom, Trevor Zegers, Max I mean, Malthus, Sam Carrick? Would it, wouldn't that make him a good pest because he's getting into pe- under people's skin but not getting penalties for it? I don't know. Okay. Eh, I, I, I will push back on this pick because okay. I believe that. Are you going to go with Trevor Zegras? Yes. Two words. Lipgate. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Zegras managed to make Troy Stetcher's head pop off of, of its neck for about 15 minutes during a game and had the entire hockey world, well, hockey Twitter world, just fuming for about a week. And I feel like that's not the only incident that he's had that's pissed people off. Um, and also, he's kind of had the... He's picked up this... I don't want to call it a habit, but the streak of taking really just dumb penalties, which is kind of a pesty thing. A lot of them are slashes behind the play. He's third on the team in penalty minutes. He's just two two penalty minutes behind for the lead. So uh, Trevor Zegers, to me, is a, is a sneaky, pesty pick here. And he is yeah. my pick. I still think that Vetrano is a bigger like everyone pest. hates Trevor Zegers. He is the most. No one yeah, cares about Frank Vetrano with all due all, respect. Trevor Zegers is just going to be talking. I think yes. Frank Vetrano does the other stuff. Okay. Okay. So that that's why this but, next award but, but, is probably my favorite, though. Okay, so this is the one that I believe I'm very curious to see what your pick will be. This is the Yuri Seikach Memorial Trophy. And I didn't call Wait, any why? of the other ones yeah, memorial. Yeah. Wait, it just hit me that yeah, what? <laughs> he is still alive. But okay, okay, I, I'm good. Calling it the okay, Yuri Seikatch Memorial Trophy, and this is for the player the, you Yuri enjoyed. Seikat, Yuri Seikatch Career Memorial Trophy. Yeah, that's probably that's probably better. Career Memorial. Um, so for those who don't remember, who weren't around, Yuri Seikatch was a player the Ducks traded for back in I think fourteen fifteen. Yeah, fifteen sixteen, and they traded Four, rent, fourteen fifteen. Rene Bork for him, and he was just this cool, kind of slick European Wait, player. They didn't trade Rene Bork for him. They traded they... Ryan Garbutt, I think. No, it was Rene Bork. No, Rene Bork. Cause... No, Rene Bork went to Columbus. Oh, let's see. I think. Uh, 
now I'm now I'm I, second. I think you're gonna be wrong. Let's see. Uh, oh no, you were right. It was Devonte Smith Pelly. Okay. And Yuri Sekatch. It was for Ryan Garbutt when they traded Sekatch away. Okay. Got it. That's what it was. Devonte Smith Pelly. Yes, that's the name. I'm, I was. Forgetting. I I knew that Ryan Garbutt was involved with the Blackhawks side of it. I forgot that the Ducks actually got him from Montreal. I so I was correct Chicago. that you were wrong. So that makes me happy. Yeah, um, you were also wrong though that Rene Bork was not involved in this at all. I don't know why I thought he was involved. Anyway, so this is the player you enjoyed watching, even if they weren't that good. And Yuri Segach, again, was this kind of fun player who never really seemed to gain the trust of Bruce Boudreaux back in the day. Um, I always loved watching him play. I loved watching him play as a Canadian, and it just never worked out. And he's, he hasn't really, he didn't really stick around in the NHL after that. So this is just a great trophy to me. This, this is something that I think all players should really aspire to win. Um, I'm going to go with Max Jones here. Wow. Okay. I, I'm going with Max Jones because I think Max Jones, if you look at some of the track data. You like watching Max Jones play? He's been able to get in on the four check. He, he kind of is able to throw his body around from that perspective. I don't know. I was just trying to think of something. There is to... no tracking data for Max Jones, by the way. What? I th- No, there definitely was for this season. For this season? Yeah. Oh, there is. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. There was. Gosh. Yes. Um, he gets it on the forecheck, yes. And, and so I wanted to give Max Jones a little bit of love here, you know? Um, okay. And so I'm okay. going there. There, There is a name being thrown about in our Twitch chat, and I'm wondering if you're going there. Favel Regenda. That's a good pick. That but... is a very good pick. I'm now mad that I didn't think of that one. My pick is is a... To me, like, you went way more rational than I was expecting on that pick. This is just... This is a vibes pick. You have to be a cool, vibey player. That's and, to, and to me, no one embodied that more this season than Anthony Stolarz because he had awful numbers, <laughs> but he looked damn good he, doing he it. He barely played. He had the, he had these awesome pads, great mask, and there's just something about a goalie who's good at handling the puck and is not afraid to do it constantly that I just I just root for because that was basically me as a goalie back in the day. I always had good looking gear. I love to play the puck, but I wasn't any good. And to me, Anthony Stolarz just. I enjoyed watching his starts. Plus, all the games that he started in happened to be against the Sharks, and those were usually high-scoring, entertaining affairs. He, he definitely was uh, good at going to overtime. Yes, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, so were, so were the Ducks most of the season. I'm going with Anthony Stolarz for this award. Although Max yeah, Jones, I think, is a good. I actually thought about Max Jones for this. That, boom. DB Lowry's uh, thrown out there that you just want to give an award to a goalie other than Gibson. Oh, don't worry. There. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't oh, you worry. No. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll oh, get no. there. Oh, we'll no. get there. Oh, no. Actually, well, maybe not. Okay. Anyway, uh, uh, here we go. So this is the next trophy, the Trevor Zegers Trophy for Rookie of the Year. Now, why did I pick Trevor Zegers for this? Because you know what? When you have the highest scoring rookie season in franchise history, you get the damn trophy named after you. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just, you really want me to give it to Dustin Penner in his 45-point season in 06 I, maybe you could give it to Bobby Ryan, but Zegers beat his record. So, sure, I mean, never mind the fact that it took him 11 more games to get four more points. We, we won't discuss that. But I'm giving it to, I'm calling this award the, the Trevor Zegers Trophy. Yeah, I'm going to go with it. It probably should have gone to Bobby Ryan, the, been the Bobby Ryan Award. I mean, it's not the points per game rookie of the year, it's the rookie of the year. And Trevor Zegers is a better rookie than Bobby. I Ryan. mean, I'm trying to reframe this where it's people that aren't on the Ducks currently for these awards. So that's where I'm going at. He has the damn award. I mean, sorry, he has the damn record. Come on. I, I'm i going with Bobby Ryan. Jake just wants to burn the history books. The, Bobby, sounds, Ryan, the, Bobby, the Bobby Ryan trophy. 
Why did you randomly pick trophy and awards for certain one of these? I don't these? know. <laughs> I'm now noticing that. Troy Terry trophy would have made a lot more sense than award. <laughs> yeah, you I really mean, missed, these, these. You really missed out there. I'm open to changing these or adding to them or whatever. This is. I, I want to keep like a running document over the years of these. Oh no! So um, it's Mason McTavish. I, I don't really know if where what we what, weir- <laughs> what weird though? weird thing you're gonna pull here, but it's Mason McTavish. Is it though? Are you gonna say Lucas Stostal? You bet your ass I am. <laughs> Lucas Stostal, oh, no. a positive GSAX as a 22 year old on one of the worst teams, <laughs> worst defensive teams ever in NHL history. That is way more impressive than whatever the hell Mason McTavish did this season. Sorry. <laughs> It's Lucas Dostal, and it's not close. I mean, are we going to consider the fact that GSAX is a uh, stat that can go up and down and Dostal's played 12 games? Don't care. <laughs> it's Dostal. Insert the weird <laughs> Dostal memes that I always spam into our, our Discord <laughs> that don't actually have anything to do with them. This is just clearly you like <laughs> wanting to be a troll. It's like no. you, you look at the at numbers this. when you made this this entire list i did not expect the rookie of the year one to be the one that you decided to to take your stand on to be a troll why are we dismissing what lucas dostal has done in, in 12 games <laughs> I, I, have feel a like... gut, I, I have a gut feeling there are going to be a decent a lot of people are going to laugh at this and enjoy the the candor and the the back and forth we're having there are probably going to be some people that are just pissed off at you Okay, well, to step out of... Actually, no, I'm not stepping out of anything. I just want to say, what would you rather listen to? Us just agreeing on every single pick and having the same guy or having a little flavor? Having some you fun know, pe- here. People tune in to be entertained. They don't tune in to just hear two people agreeing by, with each other nonstop. By the way, I'm going to add an award here because Connor brings up a great award name. The Sergey Fedorov Sign in Anaheim and Mail It In Gift Basket. <laughs> the Gift Basket? Okay, I'm I'm typing that in. Sergey Fedorov, sign in Anaheim and mail it in gift basket. And I don't know if John Klingberg mailed it in, but you know, I mean, I guess if the shoe. I like fits. that it's called a, a gift basket and not yeah. like a, a trophy or. So this is what the worst player of the year, or it's just true to its name. The, the person that mailed it in. Okay. Uh, I don't think Klingberg mailed it in. To be fair, I think that the the system was not. Set up to necessarily yeah, work for him. I don't want to. I don't want to slander. No, Klingberg. We, we don't have to keep this. I just you know who to say mailed it name, in. The, D the zone? name was funny. Who at least looked like they mailed it in. Who number sixteen for the Anaheim Ducks? There Ryan you go. Strom. I mean, he fits the category. On he fits for this. the category. I'm giving it to Stromer. Okay. Actually, no. Nathan Bolu might be the pick there. Oh, actually. Benoit. Si- Simon Benoit. Strider six four two five in our YouTube chat brings it up. Okay. He didn't uh, sign though in the offseason, but still. I think that there was a there was another award I saw someone put in here that should have the Stanislav's cheese stuff on tap potential medallion. <laughs> it was all, also Connor. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um I just like that there's different Yeah, worst player ever award. I mean that's that's a little harsh. Okay, but there was one more. There's well there's actually I, a few more things, but yeah. there, there, there's another big one. The the Jean Sebastian Jaguer Award, goalie of the year. There's no other goalie in, in Ducks history that deserves this award named after them. Wow, so. the disrespect to Guy Bear, the disrespect to Jonas Hill. Oh, actually, you're right. I'm calling this the Guy Bear Award. <laughs> I'm surprised that you... I'm calling this the Guy Bear Award because I want to actually, that'll make it more scandalous. You actually want to piss people off? Okay, Guy Bear Award. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes that makes this award so much more prestigious well, now too. I'm sorry, people, that I brought that up. I should not have brought that up. Oh, that's so much better. The, okay, the gee, the geese keys. <laughs> yeah, the gee, the gee bears keys to the city award. Yeah. Um. Okay. Who's your goalie of the year? It's John Gibson. And why is it Lucas Dostal? It is John Gibson. Yeah. I mean, as much as I wanted to <laughs> to find a way to get Dostal in here, it's John. John Gibson's actually had a good like a solid season all things yeah considered. he's had a bounce back season like i i think he could have been in the running for most improved honestly um, yeah that's fair m- maybe i should have gotten him in there instead of max Goltoff, but yeah that would have made this less fun so yeah. yeah it's john gibson he's had a he's had a solid season if he were to stick around with the ducks longer term i think that the season gives you a little confidence maybe that he can get back to some some version of a solid starting goalie yeah exactly okay. Lou's trying to put one in our uh, in our Twitch chat, but it doesn't have a player attached to it. He's just trying to nominate a player for this award with no <laughs> history. And uh, I do no, I won't read the Connor one. It's it's a good one though. It's a good one. Um, okay, so we've got two more. These are the CTP awards, but I put awards in in quotation marks because they're not really awards. They're just they're just stuff for us to talk about. Biggest thing you were wrong about? Um, everything. <laughs> yeah i mean that's what i was gonna say just, just two words this team um this, this I, team. if i if i had to key in on something it was the defense and yeah i i think that we both thought that this defense was gonna work i still think that with the right worked. coach it should have worked um and but yeah i mean just looking at the results and looking at what should have been uh yeah um uh, that is i think looking at the defense is something that we i was obviously wrong about yeah, I think that just our whole calculus. I, actually, I'll I'll go a different way just to kind of give this more flavor. Ryan Strom, I really thought he was just going to come in and be a fine second line center, and he's hasn't played center all season. Although arguably that's a good thing, and he's been bad defensively. So, yeah, well, I was pretty wrong on on Ryan Strom. So, okay, here's here's where we can end on a positive note. Uh, biggest thing you were right about. Biggest thing I was right about. What should Troy you get Ter- flowers for? Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers were absolute dynamite together this season. And that was something we really pushed for last year, pushed for as something they should do in the offseason. And, man, they were good together when they were together this season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that that is something that you were clamoring for. Biggest thing I was right about was the power play. I said get Mason McTavish on the, on the right side on his yeah. off wing. Yeah, that was it. And then they did it like the next game. And they actually did it, and it actually worked for a pretty good while there. So yeah. I'll, I'll take some, I'll take a victory lap there. There you go. Yeah. So see, we're ending on things we're right about because that's that's what people remember. People always yeah. remember the end, not the beginning. So. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Not everything that happened in that shit show of an awards <laughs> award show. I mean, I to just, be fair, I think that was probably more fun than the NHL awards are going to be. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I just, my favorite part of this might have actually been just the, the names people are coming up with in our chat lose revoke their key card and don't lend them back yeah, the training no, facility there, award there, there's no player associated with it there's just the the person who's nominated well, he gave it to simon benoit yeah my favorite thing about this season has just been lose just like hatred of simon benoit's i mean play. he's been he's been bad he's been bad but it's just funny because i feel like lose typically more of like a positive 
force, you know, in the chat when it comes Lou, to the ducks. Lou's been broken. But um, Benoit is just like one step too far for him. So I don't really know how this is relevant, but it's still, I mean, might as well bring it up. DB Lowry 3507 says, how did Felix not mention his butcher pronunciation of McIntosh? Oh, as the thing you got wrong. How you, you said how, McIntosh. Yeah, I said it as your way, the way that you brutalize the pronunciation. It's McIntosh. Nope. But stands, no, that 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 strong. is that is actually I could not remember that that was this season. But sure, let, let's go with that. Stay time strong, flies. folks. Time flies when stay we're having strong. fun here. In the face of objective evidence to the contrary, stay strong. All right. Uh, Want to get into to Twitter questions that we got? Yep. Or should we go? Let's go to Discord first, actually. Yeah. And, and then we'll we'll get to Twitter. So uh, Shaken Wings asked us. Uh, was the Kyle Palmieri trade a bad one for the Ducks? <laughs> for a second, I thought it was going to be like the Kyle Palmieri like bad trade award or something. No, 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 no. Um, yes, it was a bad trade. The Ducks should have kept Kyle Palmieri. Like for where they were in their franchise trajectory, they they would have been better off with Kyle Palmieri on their team. And his contract turned out to be a great contract. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was a bad trade. Bad decision. I mean, the whole thought process behind it that Bob Murray had was. Uh, I don't want him. He's going to go and score 20 goals next season, and I'm not going to be able to afford him as an RFA, so I'm going to trade him before he makes that jump. Yeah, it's like I don't want to pay for a good player. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want a player to be good because that means I have to pay for him. Like, what? Isn't that yeah. the whole point is to have good players? Yeah. Um, so. is, and then Shaken Wings also asks, is, is Zegers next to Strom uh, becoming a good thing? Can we see Strom there for two or three more years? And what type of player would you put on the other wing? Wait, sorry, what was the question again? Is Zegers next to Strom becoming a good thing, and could we see Strom there for the next two to three seasons? Um, and what type of player would you put on the other wing? Yeah, so I think it's become a combination that that has looked better as of late. I still I still kind of wish Zegers was a bit more of actually used as a center on that line, you know, defensively especially, because I feel like the transition game is better when he's the one starting it. But it's, it's yep. a combination that, that has had some decent results. And as far as, you know, a winger on that side, I mean, are we talking about like guys that are currently on the team? Yeah. Or just in general, what type of player? Hmm. That's a good question. I feel like you need, you need just kind of a Jack of all trades winger. Like you need a guy who can just go in puck battles, who can make plays, who can, I mean, I'm sort of spelling out Troy Terry here, but yeah. you just need a player because I don't really think you need like a shooter or a playmaker or whatever, or uh, a defensive guy. You just need a guy who can kind of just do a little bit of everything who can kind of support both players. So go find that, <laughs> go find that kind of player. Like Nino Niederreiter would have been a good player on that line yeah. actually. Yep. Um, and then uh, I'm about to roast uh, our good friend, Chris CJKHL from late arrivals. He has a question here. What's worse, the Rocky statue or the Flyers? So I don't know if wow. you heard this, but on the late arrival show, he went off on the Rocky statue being dumb. What's wrong with the Rocky statue? He said that is that he was like, is there a city that idolizes a fictional character as much as <laughs> the as much as Philadelphia does with Rocky and the Rocky statue? And I mean, it's fair. The, it's a I fair mean, point. I mean. The ducks are like, look but at it, Anaheim and Disneyland. Look at the mouse. But it's so dumb that it's good, though. That's but the it's thing. also like there are so many cities that do, I mean, yeah, look at legitimately the ducks and all everything around here and how much it is tied to Disney and not. And I won't even bring up the fact that the ducks started as a Disney movie, 
but look at how much is tied to the mouse. You know what, though? I, I I will join him in this opportunity to dunk on Philly sports because Philly sports oh, the, are unbearable. So. I mean, the Flyers are worse than the Rocky statue. Yes. The Rocky statue is not bad. It's kind of dumb when you think about it. It's not. It is. Is it, though? Let's move on. It's not dumb. It's it's kind of dumb. Yeah. And, all right. Ken Pafu said... It's needless. Would, would you prefer a coach that tries to make more well-rounded players like the 60, Ottawa 67s are doing with Pavel Mitchukov, or a coach that uh, sees where a player is best and focuses on that, maybe like the Regina Pats are doing with Bedard? Hmm. It's an interesting question. I think... Hmm. I would lean towards just, you know help that player be the best at what they can be at, or help them be the best at what they're already good at. Just lean all the way into that. But at the same time, if you want to win, if you want to win big, you need players to be able to step out of their comfort zone. You need to be them to be able to do things that they normally wouldn't do or that they, they normally wouldn't think to do. So, I mean, honestly, you kind of need a coach that can do both. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think it's an either or situation. Yeah. But if you had to pick one or the other, I think just, Purely speaking, I would probably want someone who can really accentuate a player's strengths over yep. over trying to make them something they're not. Yep, I would agree with that. Uh, Shocking nine eleven said, since it looks like the uh, or looks like odds are the Ducks are pit will be picking right outside of the top four. I wonder if you had anything to say about the prospects of the next year that would make Ducks fans feel good. I mean, I don't know if I would say it's locked in. I mean, the Sharks are about there's to still win. time. Like it, the Sharks, <laughs> not are, a lot of time, but there's no. Still but time. the Sharks are winning four to three right now, um, and so I mean. Sure, but if they're outside of that top four, I mean, what is it, Benson's a guy that has really been Zach getting... Benson, Andrew yeah. Crystal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, we'll get into that a little bit more, I mean, though, as we, once we get through the Are they really going to fall out of the bottom four, though? I mean, they're, they're four points they're four points behind the Canadians, so I guess in this context, ahead of the Canadians. They're two points away from Chicago, four points away from San Jose. Like, really, I think the only you, thing that's... You mean Columbus, right? You said no. the Canadians. No, because they're four points behind the Canadians. The oh, okay. Canadians have 60 points. The Ducks have 56. Okay. So, like, the Ducks, really the only spot that's purely out of reach for them, I think, is Columbus at 32. I mean, I don't even think that's fully out of reach, but it's unlikely. It's harder. And, like, Columbus has a game in hand, quote-unquote. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, they have more, more another game to lose, so... I don't know. I, I wouldn't give up hope that they can that they fall out of the that that they can't stay out of the in, in the top or the bottom four. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So I, we'll get into more of those players. Uh, the fourth does. I mean, fourth doesn't necessarily pick fourth, but I mean, it's a likely spot that it will pick. It's not like it's out of the realm of possibility that. I mean, if the question fourth. is just, I don't think that they're going to be in the top four. Who do you think they're going to pick? Then yeah, like those are some names, but. I don't know we'll get, if that's locked in yet. Yeah, I think we'll wait until we kind of know a little bit more about yeah. where they're It just feels dumb to be like doing the whole like, oh, where are they going to finish when we will literally know in like three weeks. So yeah. why yeah. are we doing this right now? Yeah. All right. So uh, let's get into our Twitter questions and then we will get to uh, Twitch and YouTube chat. Um, so we had, uh, let's see. Um so this came from Hockey South saying, "Hey Jack, as we look forward to the off season, if the Ducks traded for Alexi Lafreniere, what would they have Oof. to give up? Is he a, a breakout candidate on a capped out team?" You know, it's funny because we were just talking in our Discord today about the 2020 draft, and man, Alexi Lafreniere has 
like I'm not the I'm not someone who watches him that closely, but this season, despite the fact that you know he hasn't really lived up to the billing as kind of this, you know, he was a what was he a, like an First exceptional overall. draft pick? He was a yeah. or no, but in the queue he was like drafted got as it, a 15 year old. Yeah, like he hasn't maybe lived up to that, but I feel like this season you've really seen some of the under underlying numbers pick up. The production has also picked up a bit as well. It's still not anything that's going to kind of blow you away, but he's a guy that I would be very intrigued in picking up because he's probably not going to cost you as much as he once did. He might still, I I still think that the Rangers probably value him, but he's a guy that I'd be very interested to see just on a team that's actually going to just put him straight into the top six with some playmakers. Cause really in the Rangers, he's just kind of stuck on the third line on that kid line. And I just don't really think Gerard Glant's a good coach when it comes to young players. So Yep. I would be very intrigued in that. Sean Siebel asks, uh, rank the current demon uh, for the Ducks. Uh, uh, Yeah, let's just go with that. Kevin Chandekirk won. Yeah. Well, like rank in in what terms? Like one through six. Just just the best. Yeah. The best to the worst. Yes. Okay. Uh, Number one, Cam Fowler to me. It's it's still Cam Fowler, despite your, your pick. Number two, I guess it's Kevin Chandekirk. Yeah. Number three. Well, okay, no. Actually, number two is Jamie Drysdale. No, I'm, currently I'm, playing. Jamie oh. Drysdale is not playing. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't even know who's in their lineup right now. It's Fowler, Harrington, um, <laughs> Shattenkirk, Beaulieu, Benoit, White. I'm putting Benoit last. Yeah. I'm putting Beaulieu second to last. I'm putting Fowler and Shattenkirk one, two. Yeah. And then number- Harrington and White in the middle. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, pick pick whichever order. I don't really have a strong opinion on which one. Goes this is a bad blue this. line. Yeah, it's for anyone that that thinks the the Ducks like aren't, aren't trying to necessarily tank, even though Paverbeek has said like he thinks about winning. Like, just look at that blue line. He now. stripped this blue line of NHL players. Yeah, and Andre Schuster is probably going to play at some point. So there you go. <laughs> uh, Adam Broll asks, I keep forgetting to ask, but I like messing with my Chicago friends. Do you think that there's a possible conspiracy that the NHL won't let an original six team miss out on another generational talent like Bedard, i.e. the Ducks don't stand a chance at getting number one overall in this draft? No, I don't think so. I mean, what? Out of, let's just look at the generational talents that have come through. You have McDavid. Would you consider Austin Matthews generational? Ooh, I don't think so. So you want to do McDavid and Crosby? Yeah, those are neither, really the two. Neither of those guys went to original six teams. Yeah, because, I mean, Jonathan Taves, you know, he went to Chicago, but that Patrick doesn't really Kane. count. Yeah, those are like Hall of Famers, but not yeah. not Crosby McDavid level. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe he ends up with Blackhawks. I don't think there's a controver- or uh, uh, a conspiracy for that, though. No. I mean, we'll see. I'm not a big draft conspiracy guy. Yeah, I'm not either. There, 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 there's plenty of places you can get that if you want to, if you want to scratch that itch, but not here. Yeah. Um, all right. And now we're going to get, you put out a call for questions on our, uh, this was before Twitter. I came up with our topic. Yeah. So, so um, what's Jack Huntsman said, what's timeline for the Ducks to be back to the playoffs? I keep thinking around three years, but is it longer now after this bad season? I think just being able to squeeze in, I still think there's a possibility next season. Yep. Yep. Agreed. I think next season, uh, next season or the season after. Yeah, yeah. I think two years so, if you want to put a number yeah. on it. So not three, three years, two. Um, my uh, Michael Florentine said, "Does Akins have the worst uh, winning percentage in NHL history with say two hundred and fifty games coached?" 
Man. Is that like a rhetorical question? I don't know, but <laughs> I, why don't you look it up while I keep running through the rest of these questions? Okay. Wow. I'm going to let you look that up. Uh, me on the R- spot. RJ said, who do you think the Ducks draft outside of typical top four guys uh, look into because it might happen? I mean, we kind of touched on that, but we'll get into that once we kind of know where they end up a little bit more. But Zach Benson, the names we kind of threw out earlier um are, are good examples hockey south asked uh, is egress captain material after watching him on the ice and on the bench last night i say yes talk me out of it i mean i think he is i i just i think the 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 groundwork is being laid for troy terry to be the next captain you think so the fact that they that he has an a they've made such a big deal out of him being an assistant captain the fact that uh pat verbeek has in his statement said he's still part of that young core I think that's really making the way for him to be the next captain. Yeah. I mean, I think so too. I, th- I just feel like he fits the mold of what they're looking for. Yep. Uh, Brandon Gable said, uh, we get a new coach and we make the wild card next year. Change my mind. I mean, can't it's possible. I agree. I like, agree. Look at how bad the West has been this year. Like look at yeah. how, look at how much of a hodgepodge of, of a conference it's been like, if a team gets aggressive and let's say that team is the ducks and makes significant improvements, it, it's there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Twinkie boy uh, said, which of our bottom six and bottom pairing demon do you not see with the ducks next season? Is Max Comtois gone? Is this, is it finally the time for him to be gone? I think Max Comtois is gone. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Derek Grant's gone. I yeah. think Ben, I, well, I think bull for sure is gone. Yeah. I think Ben was probably gone. Harrington is gone. Yeah, Although, Harrington's gone. Yeah. I think White White's under contract, I think, for next season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean I think a decent amount of it is is all gone, basically. Um, I mean, Megna's gone, Leeson's gone. Well, Leeson's is another year. I fair. I mean, Carrick, I would say, is gone, but he has another year also. Yeah, so I don't know what they're gonna do with yeah. those guys. All right. Kenny uh Kenny RC says McTavish or Terry. Uh, wearing the C next year, or do we let Cam wear until McTavish is ready? I just feel like at some point you got to get on with it. Like, yeah, make I, the, I th- make the decision. I, I think you only go one season without a an, a, cap, a captain. Yeah. Um. All right, and the last one, Joel uh, Fedorchuk said, "What what's the order of our goalie prospect pool? Like, what would you guys say? Alexander is below Erickson Eck, or is it just recency bias?" Yeah, I feel like. Gage Alexander, maybe he is ahead of, of Ole Eriksson Ek at this point. Yeah, I would agree but, with that. But I feel like both those guys are still below Cali Klang. Yep. And and all three of those guys are still below Lucas Dostal, who's basically not a prospect anymore. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, Eric Stevens wrote like a big feature on him today, which to me is always a sign of like, you know, there's probably yep. a bit of a push going on there. Yep. So that's the order to me. Because after that, I mean, you have Vyacheslav Budietz out there like, somewhere he's having like a good season i guess is he yeah <laughs> so there you go so maybe i mean honestly Oli erickson might be at the bottom of this pile just because he's he's the guy who i just don't think like they could have played him this year and they chose not to they had him they had him available to yeah. play yeah and and they they would they preferred to play dostal in back-to-backs which yep kind of says everything to me uh you so yeah and maybe it would have been against his brother remember that was like something yeah like a they lot had of a people bi- were mad about. They had a built-in reason. Yeah, Budiets has a Vyacheslav Budiets, who, by the way, was a seventh, like sixth round pick. He was a sixth round no, pick. Yeah, there's no more seventh round. One seventy-eight overall. 
he has a 933 save percentage in 35 games uh, for Shelia Binks in the VHL, which is the league right under the KHL. It's like the AHL of Russia. Yeah. So he had a really good regular season playoffs, not so much, but that's, you know, only four games. So small sample. Very interesting. Yeah. Maybe another contender has, has joined the fray. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for those, I think that's it for Twitter and that's it for discord. So for those of you listening on your favorite podcast services, you can find us each and every time we do the podcast at twitch.tv slash crash pond, where if you have Amazon prime, you get one free Twitch prime gaming sub each and every month. It does help us out more than you can imagine. Um, so hit that subscribe button to uh, subscribe to us on over there. Or uh, if you want to watch on YouTube, if, first there you can find us at youtube.com slash crash spawn where if you want to subscribe to the channel like our videos it all helps out more than you can imagine we've had a decent amount of people in our youtube chat been a good time there um so uh start throwing in your questions uh in our twitch and youtube chat and we'll start getting to those um strider 6425 in our youtube chat through and who do you see as the next coach uh and who do you think for beak would try to make a splash or be more calculating Oh, man, I really need to start actually researching names because I don't really have. A, I don't know who what Verbeek is gonna do. Like I, I really feel like we're all just kind of in the dark about this. Yep. I have a uh, feeling though, like just if we're talking about archetype, I don't feel like Verbeek is gonna go and get like a veteran NHL coach to be the next Ducks coach. I feel like it's gonna be someone a little more off the board or like an assistant coach or something like that. Yep. Uh, Lewis brings up in our Twitch chat question. Where did Felix get that Giants pl- uh, that Giants hat? And can he name three current players? Yeah, of course. Is that is that a serious question? I mean, will, will you go on and name three current players without looking it up? Brandon Crawford, Logan Webb, Camilo Doval, Joey Bart, Ross Stripling, J.D. <laughs> okay. Davis, Mitch Hanniger. I mean, I, I am just... Jock uh, Peterson. <laughs> I am a vessel of Lou right now asking this question. I don't have a... Have you know, I'm... It. It is the season where I, I pretend to care about baseball for a couple months, so come at me. Same. Come at me. Uh, uh, if the it, As long as the Angels don't crush my soul, then I will they be will. there for the long haul. They but will. if they crush my soul like they normally do, I can last only about a month or two of that. Yeah, I've gotten so much crap for having a Padres hat and actually wearing it that I'm like, okay, I have to fall in line here and, and wear, L- Lewis wear the claiming, local team hat. Uh, Lou, Lou is claiming that uh, you're reading a lineup. Prove it. Okay. Uh, DB Lowry says, do the Ducks try and package a second or third rounder or third round picks for another first rounder? I, possibly. Possibly. Although I feel like this draft isn't really worth doing that. So unless yeah. they get, unless somehow you get inside the top 15 or something. Ray Gonzalez says, how was the Dallas Aikens award thing uh, or the Dallas Aikens award for things that absolutely make no sense overlooked? <laughs> <laughs> great, great, great shout. Uh, and he also said, uh, also loving uh, Felix with the wrestling lingo, i.e. push when talking about Zegris or talking about Dostal. Um, so are, there you are go. Are we sure that that's a wrestling term? Yeah. Get it, giving a guy a big push. That are we is sure that's a wrestling term? That is a wrestling term. We sure? Yes, it is. Move on. I mean, I'm working my way into your head with wrestling lingo. <laughs> I think that, anyway, move on, please. Are they put it, uh, strapping the rocket to him? I don't know what that means. Is he going to be in the main event? Is Dostal going to be the main event soon? No comment. Is he in the mid card right now and he's working his way up? Plead the fifth, asked and answered, <laughs> object to form. <laughs> Strider6425 said, for Felix, why all the hate for Cinnamon Toast Crunch? 
What the heck? When was the last time I talked about Cinnamon Toast Crunch? <laughs> I mean, we technically talked about it on last night's Patreon episode. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's just not good. I mean, is it wrong to hate something that's not good? I mean, it's delicious, so you're wrong. I've also never had it. So yeah. That, 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 that's part of this. You have had boxes gifted to you. <laughs> I gave them to friends. I'm a man of the people. I give back to my community. Oh, back when you loved Miller Lite. All right, let's get to a couple of these questions that I know you have a bone to pick. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, Genkiller Hori Gucci is barber. I always get up. Uh, oh, is uh, Dosto getting job? No, he's not getting jobbed yet. Um, and then DB Lowry said California Angels uh, or Anaheim Angels. California Angels. California Angels sounds better. Yeah, they won't go. They won't be able to go back to it. But California Angels was the best. And who are you guys pulling for in the World Baseball Classic? Otani or Trout? I am rooting for Otani. Trout and Team USA. Otani. By the way, the Canadian. I, while you were talking, I was listening to uh, our, our good friend Connor put a he, he retweeted he retweeted a, a tweet of the uh, Japanese call during the World Baseball Classic game tonight. I, I don't know if it was like a walk off or something, but between Mexico and Japan, man, yeah, it was ener- a walk off. The energy slash passion slash insanity of these commentators is just amazing. So yeah, yep, go Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so. Oh, wait, what would you, uh, B. Doddle said, what would you eat at your post-podcast press conference? Perfect layup for, for you, because I would maybe do, uh, I. Wait, well, press conference? Wait, what? Oh, I, I was going to take this as a joke. He's saying, what would you eat at your post-podcast press conference? Is it conference? like when athletes eat during the press conference? Is yeah, that I, is? I mean, you would obviously be in and out. I'm probably going to have, like, yeah. toast and a protein shake. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, no, I meant like right after this podcast. That's probably what I'm having. Oh, tonight. Uh, yeah. Well, I've already I've already eaten. So same. I'm, but I, I might, need more. I need more. I might just be done eating for the day. Okay. We'll see. Um, I have a bone to pick though. Oh damn it! That's right. It's an AEW press conferencing. I feel so much shame. Um, um, um. I'm gonna go with muffins. Okay. Also. DB Larry asking who we're pulling for in March Madness. I just don't care about March Madness. I mean, my my soul got crushed by USC losing. Unless UC Irvine is in it, I just don't care. And I don't know. Like, I just don't find college basketball really that fun to watch. It's just oh, like a, it's it's fun when you have a rooting interest. So yeah, like, right. unless unless I have a team to root for, I just don't I don't care. So all right, go go off now on your point. I have to use the bathroom really badly. So I stepped into a world. I stepped into a world on Saturday. Was it Saturday or Sunday? It was Saturday. A world that I would like to never, ever, ever return to. I truly felt like I was in a in a futuristic dystopia where the world had just gone quiet and all humanity had been replaced with just robots. That's what it felt like, Jake. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, here it is. So on, on Saturday, I thought, you know what? I was hanging out with my girlfriend. I thought, let's, you know, cause she, she knows about the podcast. And I told her, I've been telling her about this D- Detroit style pizza and how I want to go try this. There's, and we looked up, looked it up. There was a place nearby, which we actually talked about on the show. I already knew about it called eight mile pizza. Eight Did mile not Detroit have a mom's mom spaghetti, uh, named menu item. I think that's a major sign that it was going to be bad. And so we drive out to San Jose to go to this place and Let's just put it this way. Not the nicest 
area of San Jose, not really the nicest spot to begin with. We drive out there, we get to the address, and we see two food trucks outside, and it, it kind of looks like, what's that brewery by Honda Center that people go to to park? Uh, Noble. It kind of looks like that setup, right? So I'm thinking, oh, okay, it'll just be around the corner. We get around the corner, and there's still no indication that this place exists. There's no signs, no nothing. So we're like, what the heck's going on? And there's just people everywhere, but it's just a little shady feeling. Like, I don't know how to say it without possibly being problematic, but just didn't really feel the safest. Walk into this place. This is like the only door there is. And there's just a bunch of lockers. There's just a bunch of like coded lockers, people waiting on their phones at different tables. And there's this big kind of iPad thing where you, I guess, order food. And we scroll through and we're like, okay, this is like one of those weird ordering food places where like you basically select from a list and then they just bring it out to you. They just leave it in a locker and you just, you get text and you go pick it up. It's like a physical location for DoorDash basically. So we're like, this is really bizarre. But then the place wasn't even in the actual list. So we're like, what the heck's going on? Like, does this place actually exist? And my girlfriend calls the place and she's like, well, their phone is ringing didn't pick up though it's listed at this address so we walk up to the one employee that's there and you know it's just like just very odd like no one's even really talking to this person and she's like oh yeah they're here they're just not listed on the thing but you can just order through their website we'll we'll bring it out to you and we're like oh okay so we order it takes about 45 minutes for the pizza to come out it's too greasy it's nowhere near like the experience i had in mind and it was just overall terrible. Like it was just I mean, such a like. Why do these places exist? Like it just. He, it you strips, posted a picture in our Discord, and it did not look good. It strips. I mean, it strips the experience down to nothing. Like it's just why even have these places? Just have freaking DoorDash deliver. I mean, you and I had completely opposite experiences with our Detroit style pizzas last week because I had a fantastic experience, yeah. similar in the sense of mine was a ghost kitchen in some ways where. Basically, it's called Lunita's Pizza in San Juan Capistrano. Uh, it's out of El Maguay's on Camino Capistrano. The person kind of is in their ta- the has a spot in their takeout area. And I looked it up. He like started it during the pandemic. It was a caterer, things like that. Decided to do this. Um, and uh, basically, you find them on Instagram, or I found them on Instagram. You text them to order, and you pick a time slot to go and pick it up uh, out of their available time slots. Show up at your time slot, pay with cash only. The guy was super nice. Um, yeah, super like really. That's totally like, different though from what like, I from what like, I went to. He's the owner, everything like that. They the pizza comes out, he throws all the toppings on it. Was like was greasy, but not overly greasy. The crisp, the crust was so crisp. I put it on Twitter actually. So for anyone wondering, it looked, it looked damn good. Like that's why I wanted to try Detroit style pizza, and yet. Like, I just show up to this, like, dining hall, basically. But it wasn't even, like, those food hall places like they have in Santa Ana or Anaheim. It was just, like, just soulless. It was just so... I've never experienced something like that. You and I had completely opposite experiences. So, next time you're down here, we will get Lunitas to really... I really need to... I need something to to bring me back to the Detroit-style pizza because that was just... I mean, your topping choices, to be fair, were very odd. Really? I mean, pepperoni... Uh, pepper and mushroom is like pretty standard. Uh, I mean, you're also someone who, you know, doesn't like eggs, doesn't like avocado. So I just don't really know if you're the go-to source. I mean, I just don't know if I'm trying out a new style of pizza that I would go mushroom, peppers, onions, pepperoni. There were no onions. Oh, well, it looked like there were. Well, Um, here's the deal. 
that was a menu item. Like that oh, was that just was? an option. I, I will take that back then. That was uh, a menu. Oh, that was a menu. By option. the way, Ray Gonzalez did the research for us. Uh, Dallas Akins over 392 games coach, 347 win percentage. Ooh, that's not good. No. Uh, yeah, so I I don't know, man. I just don't understand these, like, food halls. It's so weird. Like, it's just there was something just so aggravating about it. So Yeah, I guess it's 4-4 now, Sharks, Oilers, with Ooh. a minute 30 left. Ooh. Juicy. We'll see how this goes. Uh, yeah. Sharks. And so... The Flames are getting their head kicked in by the the Kings, also six to one. So, God, what is what, yeah. what is what is going on with the, the Flames franchise? Daryl Sutter runs thin, so he basically know. just ruined it. Yeah. So, yeah. So you you had an awful experience. I had a great experience. So there's that. Yeah. I also played pickleball this weekend. That was fun. Okay. <laughs> I really have to go to the bathroom. Okay, you have to pee. All I right, why don't, why don't you go do that? I'll, I'll get us out of here. So if you enjoyed listening to this show, there's a few ways that you can support us. The number one way that you can do that is to go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash crash the pond. For $1 a month, you get access to our patrons-only Discord server, which is so much fun. I mean, it, you get to connect with other diehard fans. You get to just chat about hockey constantly, but we also have different chats for different sports. Um, it's just honestly the best and it's just for a dollar a month. There's so many worse ways to spend a dollar. And I think that that you're really going to get value out of it, especially leading up to the draft, keeping up with all the different news, the trades, the picks, uh, you're going to get the news faster there than you would just checking Twitter. So go check that out. And then for $5 a month on top of the discord server, you also get access to two bonus episodes per month, two bonus podcasts where, you know, typically we'll talk more about the NHL at large. We'll we'll do more of a league-wide perspective. That's all at patreon.com slash crash the pond. And Jake is back. Jake has, Jake has relieved himself. Mm-hmm. By the way, James Reimer just made a spectacular save on Leon Dreisaitl, like soccer goalie diving across an empty net. So sorry, uh, sorry to those. Oh, I guess that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing if you're a Ducks fan. You want to see the sharks get to over time okay and then another way you can support us check us out on apple podcasts just search crash the pond leave a rating and a review we love to hear from you guys there uh you can also leave us a rating on spotify we actually have a lot of ratings on spotify i didn't realize oh i missed that yeah shout out to people that that are leaving ratings that does help us out quite a bit uh we're also on youtube youtube.com slash crash the pond so there's the video version of the show that goes up every week so if you're more of a video podcast kind of person we've got you covered there and on top of all of that, just go check out the Sporting Tribune. Uh, follow Derek Lee on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Um, follow Crash the Pond on Twitter. And that's pretty much all I've got. Jake, you have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to share with the class? No, nope, I'm good. Okay. Well, on that note, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.